Alright, fellas, y'all know we always start off the episode with a what if. So we gon' we I'm sorry, with a would you rather. So would you rather uh would you rather fight twenty ten year olds or three sixteen year olds? Twenty ten year olds. I'm going with twenty ten year olds. I'm going a three sixteen year old. I'm taking the twenty ten year olds all day. Yeah, uh, twenty ten year olds. Yeah. Because my belief is with with ten year olds, they're very afraid of everything. So if you hit one of them hard enough, <laughs> yeah. the other nineteen gonna have a lot of apprehension. Teenagers are are dumb and reckless and think that they're never gonna die. So like, even if you not only, one like a not army, only that. It could also be a phenom in that group. It's some, it's some 16 year olds at six foot four, 250. You know what, though? I'm going to tell you this, bro. I'm going to tell you this, right? Like, this week in the gym, it was or last week in the gym, it was heavy week for me. Yeah. I mean, I can bench 385 comfortably. Like, like, not even like, oh my God, I can't do this. I'm not worried about one of them being very strong. It's just the principle <laughs> of the fact that have you ever seen teenagers in some of the things that they do voluntarily for fun? Yeah, we were teenagers at one point. (laughs) We we were not scared of anything but a bullet. Like if if somebody pulled out a knife, he was like, "I'll be alright. I could probably." I don't. I don't even know if we were scared of that because off the record, I had a homie that definitely got grazed in his side, and he was scared to tell his mama, so he just came to school next day with a bullet wound. What? (laughs) Wait, 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 wait! Bro was more scared of his mama than a bullet wound. Yes, indeed. I, yes, indeed. I'm not going to hold you up, bro. The reason why I say three 16-year-olds because usually it's a mouthy one in that group of 16-year-olds. You bust mm-hmm. him in the mouth, the other two is going to shut up. They ain't going to be like, okay. He I don't know, him man. In the mouth. We follow him. And yes, they know. do do some reckless stuff, but I take my life, my chances against... I wasn't thinking of a situation where the 10-year-olds, you hit one, you, they all stop. I wasn't thinking of a situation like that. I was thinking of it if they all attacking you, fighting you, like trying to hurt you. I'm going to go with three before I go into I'm still straight. If all of them f- trying to fight me at once, I'm still going with 20, 10-year-olds. Yeah, yeah. Because absolutely. regardless, first of all, 16-year-olds and hit puberty. Second yeah, of all, even yeah. though I'm a sleek three 16-year-olds, I'm going to get hit in the face at some point. 10-year-olds not going to be able to reach you my know? face. Uh, Lord forbid, if one of them 16-year-olds scoop you, if one of them 16-year-olds scoop you, if one of those 16-year-olds scoop you, you're toast. At 16 years old, I was six feet tall, 280 pounds, bro. Like, exactly. If, if me from then were to scoop me now, I'm sick. I'm st- there's nothing I could do. 10 yeah. year old me, I can kick the shit. I, mean, I can kick that guy. There's no doubt in my mind. Listen, I get that. I get that. But you got to remember the 16 year olds, like, they dumb. So they're going to try to go for the kill right away. We older now. We'd be more strategic when you fight them. The little kid, they just going to gang up on you. You know what I mean? 10 year olds aren't dumber than 16 year olds? They are. Bro. They are. But they are. You but can they sleep know they every 10 year together. You know every know every 10 year old is a one hitter quitter. I can uh, throw 20 haymakers. Now, hold on. Hold on. Wait a minute. Wait a minute now. Wait a minute now. Because one of the places I grew up, two of the places I grew up at was on the mile in Plymouth Square. There are a lot of 10-year-olds I've seen take punches from grown men <laughs> and keep it pushing. They've taken that punch and they were I'm just sleeping. like. I'm sleeping. I'm sleeping 20 10-year-olds. Easy. I, I hear you. I hear you. Well, we, we, we're enough of the child abuse on this show. We love the kids. On Facts Over Acts, despite today's Would You Rather, we really do love the kids. 
Uh, but what we don't love is this Omarion variant looking like it's finna shut down every league all at once, all over again. I mean, this thing's so bad, they got outbreaks at ESPN. Not the players, the broadcasters. Malika hey, Andrews, Stephen A. Smith. Oh, go ahead, Chris. Check this out. TNT tonight missing Charles and Ernie because of COVID protocols. Lord Jesus. And, that, and you know Ernie immunocompromised. We better go check on Big Dog, make sure he all right, man. So, beyond that, we got uh, we got to also talk about, you know, we're talking about these broadcasters losing folks, and Cliff Kingsbury is always going to come up when we talk about losing because we're going to talk about why the Cardinals' loss to the Lions was actually historic. By the way, I got my Barry Sanders jersey on. Shout out to GMAT Cash, Lions 1. You know what I mean? Two games. We, we on a whole nother... We're on a whole nother way right now. And we got to talk about this this NFL playoff chase, man. Who's in? Who's out? Who's going to get cooked? We got to talk about all of it. That sound like a good show to y'all? Sound good to me. Perfect shot to me. All righty. Well, we're going to get into the show right after we get into these intros. What's up, y'all? Have a seat. It's your favorite hour of the week with the facts over Axe Crew. We got the master of the mix and master, Josh Guyton in the building. That is I. We got the money man, the man with the plan, Chris Allen in the building. Right here, right here. And then you got the little old MC, that's me, Ken Gibbs. Now, wait a minute. Before we get into the show, Chris, you you in your people's office? You in your people's yep. office? Love it. Love to see that. Looks like a lot of business gets done in there. <laughs> see, that, that's why Chris is the money like man. Uh, Have y'all ever seen me and Josh look like we were conducting business during this show? Never. <laughs> Not y'all, once. Never y'all never had an office? Yeah, I'm, I'm in my office right now. I, this is what my office looks like, bro. This is, this is right. it. Like, yeah, you know uh, I mean, that's what it looked like, though. Anywho, if, if, we, if, if doors separate what a room is, that means technically this is my office, uh, living room, dining room, and kitchen. Hey, see, you know, bro, a bachelor, because that's the only time <laughs> you got like that many purposes. The only thing that's that versatile is the Burberry shirt. That's it. That's the only shirt. No, that's the only you thing know what like else is. That you know what else is? Them black what? forces. Them black forces mm-hmm. is very versatile. I, black forces is not versatile like that, bro. White forces is versatile. Black, I don't know, bro. Bro, think about it, bro. When we was in eighth grade, seventh grade, eighth grade, bro, people used to hoop in them. Then they go okay. to the club the night after in them. Who was going to the club? Eighth <laughs> <Black, laughs> grade. The, the Ludington basketball team. We would go to the Joe Lewis, the Joe Lu- I mean the Joe D's, the Joe D Fieldhouse. You know, I turn to a club at night. Oh well, yeah, okay. We would we would hoop there. Take a shower at the creek, come back up there in our black forces that we Chris, just that was eighth in. grade and most right. of our parents were poor. We we <laughs> had to make that As an adult, if I see a grown man with oh, a black nah, force nah, to the club, nah. I'm leaving. I'm, I'm leaving, leaving immediately. I'm leaving. Yeah, yeah, hey yeah, bro, you yeah, got yeah. it. You got it. But it's I'm your saying, night. Them black, them black ones and the white ones versatile too though. Yeah, the, the white one's versatile. As an adult, the white ones are pretty versatile, bro. You know how many uh, little suit balls I've seen people wear white forces to? And, like, at first I was like, oh, that's gross. But now it's That's like, a trend yeah. now, though. It, it's trendy. Wearing, it's wearing trendy. sneakers with suits now. Like, yeah, yeah. I, I can't get yeah. with it. I can't get with it. I can't either. I can't nah. either. Give me a good pair of hard bottoms, man. Give me a good pair of hard bottoms. But, anywho, we got to talk about these, these pauses going on because the NHL is the first league to officially pause their season because of COVID. They had, uh, I believe it was 15% of their games delayed. They had a ton of guys uh, on the uh, the COVID reserve list, so much so that the NHL considered bringing back taxi squads. And they were like, you know what? We'll just go ahead and pause this thing. Now, with that being said, we have to bring you what Adam, commit- Adam Silver, the commissioner of the NBA, said. He said, 
there are no plans to pause the season. In an interview today with Malika Andrew, uh, with Malika Andrews of uh, the Jump, he said there are no plans to pause the season. I don't know what the logic would be. And later in that same conversation, he went on to say the virus will not be eradicated, so we have to learn to live with it. Now, the the NBA saw 17 players in COVID protocol in the entirety of October and November combined. In December so far, the NBA has seen 104 players. Um, the uh, What is the word I'm looking for? Adam Silver has said that the uh, Omicron variant has been beyond dominant. Uh, they, he said he's putting up prime Shaq numbers. I'm joking. He didn't say that. But he said it's been beyond dominant with 90% of the cases uh, of players reporting being uh, Omicron variant cases. So with that being said, do you all think that the NHL is doing this right? Is Adam Silver doing it right? Or is it each league is going to be a little different? And where should the NFL fall here? Um, So <clears throat> I honestly think each league is doing it right, right in terms of what's best for them. Now, if we're talking about from, uh, I guess, a morality standpoint, the NHL is, is doing it the right way because – Although COVID isn't going to get eradicated, like Adam Silver said, it's still a point where you need to separate people and do, I guess you can say, another lockdown, which is something that's not going to happen just because uh, we live in America. And from America, everything revolves around money, and money is going to stop a lot of those things. So a lockdown isn't going to happen. But until we go ahead and separate people, get them vaccinated, this variant, which we've seen to be very potent, 90% of COVID cases in these professional leagues are the Omri, are the Omri kind variant. Until we figure out how to strategically stop it to see the vaccine's effectiveness against those, locking it down and stopping the league would be the right thing. But at the same time, you got to look at the amount of money that's lost between the NHL and the NBA making moves like that. The NBA is set to lose a lot more money. And the NFL will lose a lot more money than both of those leagues, which we saw before, even at the peak of the pandemic, when bubbles were going on, when no fans were going on. NFL was still running games like, hey, we just everybody invited. So um, what I think is going to happen is the NFL is just going to deal with these players having these cases the way that they are now and just keep going about business per usual. I don't see any change whatsoever happening with the NFL. Apologies, fellas. I forgot to mention one key aspect of the NFL. The NFL is moving to do less testing of asymptomatic players. So, yeah, there's that as well. Um, do they know what so, asymptomatic means? I don't think they do. Listen, I'm a big football guy. I, I did it for a lot of years, and I can tell you, even some of the folks at the top, you just look at them and you say, how you get there? Who, who elected you? <laughs> who chose you to be? You know, anywho. Uh, yeah, the NFL is scaling back their testing of uh, asymptomatic players, asymptomatic and vaccinated uh, players. So that is that is just the the um, the word there. Uh, the word, according to NFL.com's own uh, feature, they put out only unvaccinated players and those experiencing possible symptoms of COVID-19 will be tested. So there we go. Um, so, Chris, where do you fall on this thing? Who's doing it right? Man, uh, it's, it's tough to say. I mean, okay, um, a lot of people don't know what I do for a living, but as part of one of my jobs is I'm working at a big company is benchmarking. Uh, benchmarking what other plants or other divisions do well so we can add them to us. 
it's a lot of countries out there that have handled this situation very, very well. And this being a global pandemic, it's kind of surprising to me that the United States, this, I know we selfish as a country, we haven't reached out to the countries that handled this well and say, what's worked for you guys? We're so money hungry to the point where we don't want no help. We just want to deal with it and make our money. And it's getting to the point where, yes, the players' health is a concern, but the people that go to these games, they're starting to be at risk now. So you got to stop people from people sometimes. And yeah. not pausing the season at the same time of doing a bubble again, I could see both sides. Because as a player, do I want to go to a bubble again where I got to you know, be away from my family for so long? It's early in the season. It means I'm going to get a short chain shot at the seat to get in the championship this year because it's going to be a shortened season because we're going to have to go to a bubble. Then is that going to be justifiable reason why you pay me $40 million? You know, I can't see the reason why John Wall should still be getting $44 million if they close this season down. That'll be four out of the last five, no, three of the last four seasons, John Wall has made max money and hasn't played a game. You know? Well, John Wall is a special case. Now, that's a special, like, the Houston Rockets, I don't know what they got going on, but he needs to play. He he needs to be playing. Exactly. Like, but but at the same time, you shut the season down, okay, now these teams ain't making no money. So it's like, yeah. okay, we still got to pay the players and we not making no money. Eventually, somebody going to go bankrupt. A team going to go bottom up, and they're not going to be able to afford a lot of things. So I can see both sides. You know, the the thing that is so perplexing about this to me is part of me is like, hey, what, what, what would the numbers look like? How would that uh, work itself out? Because maybe explaining the numbers would better help people understand what's going on here. But on the back end of that, it is the, the question becomes, everybody keeps talking about the athletes are young and healthy. And honestly and truly, I'm not really super concerned about the athletes. Even with Joel Embiid saying, like, he thought that it was the end of the road for him and it was tough. And Jason Tatum saying that he needed an inhaler to open up his lungs before the game. Those are the aberrations, not the rule. Those are the exceptions, the outliers, right? So, for the most part, the players are going to be okay, For by and large. The thing that concerns me, y'all coaches are not in great shape. Andy Reid, not in like nobody looks at him as like the shining pillar of health. Like, oh yeah, <laughs> right. You want to live life, you live it like him. Bruce Arians has already has already. Uh, I want to say, no, that was Spagnolo that which no, it was Pagano to beat cancer. It was it was Chuck Pagano to beat cancer. Yeah. Bruce Arians was the, the coach that stepped up in his place. But either way, Bruce Arians is what sixty five. He's he's pretty old, ain't he? Yeah, he is. And then you get past you get past Bruce Arians and you look at uh Pete Carroll. Pete Carroll is in his mid seventies. Listen, I oh Chuck I'm sorry, uh Bruce Arians is sixty nine. So you're looking at a situation where like we're all pretending and playing like, oh, everything's perfectly fine. There are people who are auxiliary to the athletes or people who are out just outside one degree of separation that we should really be concerned about. Because again, we're not even talking about the assistant coaches. Their fam- it's it's a situation that I, I'm honestly, the more I look at this, the more I say, if, if you all can pause this, or not even just the idea of pausing, honestly, the idea of, of a bubble for the playoffs for these leagues. For the NFL, you're going to have 14 teams. 
put them in a bubble. Put them in bubbles for East and West, whatever the case may be. However you want to work it out, it couldn't be East and West. Uh, AFC, NFC, however y'all want to do it, however y'all want to figure it out, do something and split the proceeds with each team or something. But it, it doesn't make sense to me to allow these teams to continue as is because what we're going to see, the playoffs are four weeks away, right? Yep. You can't postpone games in the playoffs. Somebody is going to win a Super Bowl, not based off of who was the best team, not based off of who was even the healthiest as far as injuries go. It'll literally be, oh, yeah, that team would have whooped the wheels off us, but their quarterback got COVID. <laughs> Shout out to Omaria. <laughs> and, and you know what's going to happen, Gibbs? If that happens, everybody going to say when they win that championship, it's an asterisk by that. It's an asterisk by that. I mean, but, that's already by every championship. But here's the thing. Here's the thing. The Lakers championship, I don't believe there's a, there should be an asterisk next to it because everybody had a level playing field. Everybody had, listen, everybody got the same amount of rest. Everybody got the same amount of everything. Figure it out. In the NFL, it could literally be a situation where just imagine if during the, the, the bubble for the NBA, they were like, all right, bro. Uh, so Jimmy Butler and Brian, both of y'all cannot play. Y'all got COVID. Y'all are done. Like, you know, that would have been a moment where I'm like, all right, bro, all right. Like, there, there needs to be an asterisk next to this championship. But, I mean, I I don't know what the answer is. I hope that these leagues are doing the right thing. I don't think they are. Honestly and truly, I don't. But I hope that everything comes out in the wash uh, in a, a somewhat positive manner. Do y'all not think it's crazy that the NBA had five times more cases in 20 days than there were in two months before this? Like, am I the only one flip, flipping out about that? No. And you know why, why it is, Gibbs? Because um, it, it's been a lot of player and fan engagement. Like, even some of the, the hot YouTubers uh, out there right now, like, the, there's a video circulating. DeMarcus Cousins' biggest fan is Gideon. He's a big YouTuber. He got this literally hug DeMarcus Cousins while he had his mask off. And take a picture and talk to him for a while. Yep. The player and fan engagement in the NBA is like crazy. You got Draymond's son. Now everybody loves him. Everybody loves Draymond's son. I, I hope he keep doing it. But he's running around, dancing on the court, handing players masks and stuff like that. You know, yep. they picking him up. He breathing in their face. Now, granted, he might they might test him before they bring him in there. I don't know. But it's just the, the engagement with the surrounding players or fan base in the NBA is really, I think, the cause of it. They need to at least eliminate the bottom section, at least, for the NBA and have games. You know, because yeah. every game you go to is going to be sold out because people are missing, missing the action, you know? Right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I honestly think with the amount of cases, it's not surprising because, one, how potent that they say the Omri Khan uh, variant is. And on top of that, like Chris was saying, there's no... Wait, wait. Say that again? Omri Khan? Is that how you pronounce it? <laughs> oh, Omicron. Omicron? Omarion. <laughs> it's the Omarion variant. They're going. They're going. They they going through it by uh, Greek letters now. So ah, that's, okay. that's why we saw Delta, Lambda. Now we're at Omicron. Oh, uh, that's, oh! That's I didn't even pay attention to that trend. That makes sense. Um, <laughs> don't 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 do that. Uh, <laughs> hey, Omicron is a classic, boy. That's a good one. That's right. a good one. But go ahead, though. Go ahead. Uh, but, yeah, it's just the fact that the NBA has so much accessibility to its fans more than any other sport. Because if you look at it yeah. from the NFL standpoint, really the only time you see fan interaction with the with the players is if somebody score a touchdown, they decide to do like a Lambo leap type, type of situation. Which, NHL which players, has been happening. Uh, 
<laughs> yeah, yeah, but the NFL, the NFL different. Um, the NHL is completely, you know, closed off from from the fans. But the NBA, always you know, been. you always see somebody hit a corner three, they might dab up a fan, a fan standing up, they got courtside seats, they right next to the bench, they right behind where they do an announcing. So, like Chris said, in order to, to get rid of that in the NBA, because it's not a surprise that there's that many cases, get rid of the bottom section. And then after the game where players handing out shoes, signing balls, giving out high fives, just eliminate those things until you get it under control, which is, isn't a difficult uh, thing to do. Yeah, another thing too, um, these players, like you see them like at bars, clubs, like they're hanging out. Like like the world is just normal right now. Yeah. They are hanging, like literally, you like LeBron, for example, and, and y'all know I, I used to rock with LeBron heavy. LeBron. He was at Bronny James game in the Staples Center, no mask, jumping around with the team, jumping around with the fans. That's the face of the NBA. And he That's he it. was just in COVID protocol, beat he, it in two days. Bro, bro beat the case right. and said, he beat the case and said, ain't no double jeopardy in me, boy. I'm, I'm out. I'm hey, good. But, but Russ beat it faster. Russ got put on protocol two days later. No. It was 17 hours later, Russ was out of protocol. That so, thing, something fishy hey, going on there, too. I don't know what the Lakers got going on with them test boy, but they cooking them books <laughs> heavy. They cooking I, you them know books. what? You know what? I'm going to leave that joke for Chris if he decides to say it. Oh, my God. Listen. Listen, please. Please. Dude, Lakers, Lakers just got a history of beating illnesses. That's all, man. Please. Please, oh, y'all. Oh, please. Oh, I knew that that's where you were going. Please. I, it went over my head at first. Oh. Nah, I got it. I'm not going to make that joke. I'm I knew it. As soon as he joke. said that joke is for Chris, I said, you know what? I'm not. I'm not going to make that joke. <laughs> wow. Wow. All right. So, so, in y'all prediction, just, just real quick before we move on from this, do y'all see a chance for any other league to pause? And who would it be? No, nah, I don't see any other league pausing. I know that the <laughs> NHL and the NBA usually move, you know, uh, in conjunction with each other. But I don't see any other league pausing. And the baseball isn't back until until spring training starts second week of March. So, Honestly, I don't think baseball will pause anyway. Baseball's baseball. in a lockout right now, aren't they? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so we no, might no, even see the next the, season. It's the off season. It's the off season. No, I but know they, what I'm saying. The even, even, even once they come back, yeah, yeah, once, oh, yeah, even yeah, once yeah. they come back, they might not even you know start playing until whenever they solve that. So it might well, not. Well, baseball be got the advantage of they start kind of after flu season, really technically. So they yeah. got the advantage that you yeah. know it's, it's not going to be a lot of people coughing and sneezing a lot. Allergy season is is in full effect, but it's like flu season is kind of over with. That's yeah. the advantage they got. But the yeah. thing about the NBA and NFL, though, reason why I don't think so, those are the one and two in the money market industry. Like, the TV yeah. deals for the NBA, and then the NFL is always going to be that dominant force. Everybody grabs, grabs popcorn and watch a football game. I don't think they're going anywhere because of that, man. Like, literally. You know what? You know what football and basketball have done an amazing job of, especially, especially in America? They have tied their biggest games to holidays. And, like, so what, what happens when you do that is people's earliest memories become that of, oh, yeah, we would, we would always watch the Lions get whooped on every Thanksgiving and we'll go ahead and, <laughs> right. you know, we'll go ahead and do da-da-da. The Cowboys always played on Thanksgiving. We would always, the Christmas Day, you was always watching the, the four best teams in the league. And now somehow it expanded out to three games. 
you know, they, they, these leagues have done a great job of, of tethering themselves to holidays to make it more sustainable. But one thing that is not sustainable is Cliff Kingsbury and winning. <laughs> Let me explain to you how bad this loss was, ladies and gentlemen. So, not only did the Lions beat the Cardinals, they flatly dominated the Cardinals. The score was 30-12, to 12, and that score doesn't indicate how much of a blowout this game truly was. Yep. Kyler Murray was benched halfway through the fourth quarter, and at one point, I want to say the Lions led, what was it, 20 to nothing, or was it 20 to three? I think it was 17 nothing. 17, they were up 17 nothing at halftime. So yep. there's there's that. We know for a fact that they were up 17 nothing at halftime. Now, this is the first time in NFL history that a team that is five wins or more above 500 lost to a team that is five games or more below 500 by double digits. Fellas, how did this happen? By the way, I'm rocking my Barry Sanders jersey in honor of my Lions showing up. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying? Go talk. Go talk for the Lions. But anywho, how did this happen? I, I honestly I honestly don't have an answer for you. Um, it's well, we saw a team that has been playing awfully throwing the ball all season. One of the worst scenes is I ever seen somebody throw the ball. I'm honestly I mean, he won this game, so we were going to take this week from slandering him. But for the longest, I didn't know how Jerry Goff was ever a professional quarterback. Like, he'd been throwing the ball that poorly this season. The Lions don't have the worst receiving core in the league. They got a couple of weapons that can, you know, make you something know, happen. You at, know, at the start of the season, I would have said we absolutely had the worst receiving core in the league. But, ooh, Urban Meyer did the number on them Jags, boy. <laughs> I have never seen... I've never seen receivers run into each other so much. and get like It's like at least twice yeah. a game. Listen, that happens with the Jaguars. You know it was bad when he took a year off football, came to the NFL well-rested after Ohio State's dominant season, and they got rid of him before his first season was over with the NFL. Yeah. Yeah, yeah so um, <laughs> I, I'm honestly going to pass this off to y'all because I'm actually looking for an explanation from y'all because I, I watched the entire game for the most part and a team that uh, I believe the Cardinals are top five in pass defense this year, right? Uh, I believe so. I believe yeah. that they're, they're yeah. one of the best and pass defenses in the NFL. I just had a hard time understanding how a team that's been that good on the pass all season, the Lions were just constantly throwing the ball up the middle, slant routes, right up the middle the entire game, and nobody was making adjustments. Nobody was stopping the ball. I think that was the, I think that was the biggest the biggest takeaway because regardless of how poorly they performed on the offensive side of the ball, the Lions had the ball most of the game. And they let a team that's one of the worst football teams we've ever seen score 30 points. Yeah. Without, without by the way, DeAndre Swift, our, yep. our best, our by far best skill position player. There is not a single, uh, and TJ Hawkinson. And TJ Hawkinson, yeah. Yep, TJ Hawkinson had thumb surgery. He's done for the year. And we, even, although he's a running back, I think DeAndre Swift is our best receiver. I, you know, there's an argument for it. There's there's certainly an argument for that. I Guys, mean, I, you gotta love the Lions. You gotta love the Lions. I, I, I'll tell you this. I'll I'll tell you this. Right now, this comes down to to two basic things for me. Number one, Cliff Kingsbury. I mean, Cliff is gonna click. He's always gonna find a way. I don't care what anybody says to you. Cliff Kingsbury has shown nothing in his history to prove that he's a winner. But even beyond that, um, the Lions came out with an excellent game plan. And they finally executed it. I don't think that people realize how how good Dan Campbell and his coaching staff have been. 
they have outcoached teams by a mile, but their personnel just would not allow them to win. Yeah, I agree. If you watch that Rams game, Dan Campbell put on a coaching clinic. How do you recover two onside kicks? Two. And still not win the game. How do you put your players in situations? That was a game where I think there was one uncontested catch of 15 or more yards by the Rams that game. I believe there was one. And that's it. Now, for those of y'all who don't understand, that's so big time because in the context of what the NFL is, especially when you are undermanned defensively, players will get open. The offensive coordinators are 100,000 errors. The receivers, millionaires. The quarterbacks, most quarterbacks in the NFL, their their children's children would not have to work if they don't want to. That is how the passing passing in, in offenses in the NFL today designed to do that. Dan Campbell came up with a way to stop a very prolific offense. And they, they lost the game. But you can't say like, hey, Dan didn't put him in position to win this game. So uh, Dan Campbell put together an excellent game plan, and they were more physical uh, than the Cardinals, and they, they possessed the ball longer. I think that's the, that's the skinny of it. Dan Campbell said coming into the game that uh, possession, time of possession is how we'll win this game. And it was very clear that that was the game plan. The Lions' first offensive drive was eight minutes. It took eight minutes off the clock. Yeah. That's that's how they win that game. They knew if we can keep Kyler Murray and company on the sidelines for long amounts of time, they'll get cold. And as always, like I said, Cliff Kingsbury. And let me tell you why I said it was Cliff Kingsbury. The Cardinals' leading rushers, Chase Edmonds and uh, James Conner, they combined for 92 yards on 14 carries. That's kind of high. That's The number of yards they had for that amount of carries is through the roof. Edmonds averaged eight yards a carry and only got six. Yeah. James Conner, 4.9 a carry, only got eight. Again, you give Cliff Kingsbury enough time, he'll cliff it up. He'll cliff it up. That's what I think <laughs> Chris, what's your take on well, this game? I'm surprised you ain't go where I'm about to go, Gibbs. Uh, Cliff, the Cliff slander is coming. Don't worry. I got to say this first, though. The Lions about to mess around and give up that number one pick out there trying to be cute. They already gave Trying it. to be cute. <laughs> it's already gone. Try, trying to be cute. I don't What does beating the Cardinals do for you guys? Nothing. You don't make the playoffs. You, you, you don't, you I don't, mean, don't. I mean, I, maybe you get a morale boost, but honestly, most of the players that we want to have that confidence wasn't playing on Sunday. So, well, so. hold on now. Our secondary, we we had some pieces in our secondary playing Sunday that like we're gonna need them going forward. Yeah, but the person them. that you that they're probably going to poise to be the leader of that secondary, not playing. That well. I don't, I don't disagree. But also, we don't know if Jeff Okuda is actually going to come back and be that. We don't know at this point because this is two straight years with two I mean, seasons pretty early. I mean, considering the games we have seen him play without the injuries, we don't know if he was going to be that guy. But hey, leave him alone, man. You know, Matt Patricia what? had that man playing man <laughs> up on Devontae Adams in Game One. You know how terrible he was that mixing is? that boy. He was mixing that boy up. I said, no, you had him put in the blender. All I bring that up to say is, Lions, I get it. I get it. Y'all could have made it a close game, but y'all didn't have to win. I mean, y'all need the number one pick just as bad as 
the Jaguars, just as bad as the Texans, just as bad as the Jets. Y'all might need it worse than the Jets. The, at least the Jets gonna always be trash. The Lions, they actually have the, the capability of being a mid-team. Like, the Lions always are a middle-of-the-pack team if they're not dead last. So, what's the point, Lions? Explain something to me, Lions. Why did y'all have to go out and win that game? And going forward, are y'all planning on winning the rest of the game? Do y'all want All right, to go so out listen, and try? Listen, in defense of the Lions, in defense of the Lions, this one win has not knocked us out of, like, you can get a great player territory. Because I think that Hutch and Kayvon Thibodeau, I think both of them are going to play in the league for very long times. It's just a little different type of player, a little different type of player. So with that being said, I think that they still got a shot. I think that the Jaguars can win one more. I think they're going to do it. Trevor Lawrence has been playing like Dookie Water all season. You said you said the, the Jaguars who just lost their head coach. Yeah, they got a shot. Bro, listen, listen. All I'm saying is this. If you look at the Jaguars' schedule coming down the pipe, they have the opportunity to win one more. They play the Jets the day after Christmas. Hmm. Hmm. Yeah. I'm looking at. I'm looking at the schedule now. They Come on play now. The Jets. <laughs> but, however, 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 the Jet, the Jets. This is one of those teams. Like even in Miami this Sunday, the Miami didn't just walk over them. And you thought they would. The Jet, the Jets play better than what they are. All, all I'm saying is this: they've got a shot. They've got a shot. And and if the Colts get the right type of seeding situation. The Colts could be trying to lose that last game on purpose to avoid a certain team. It's possible. Yeah. It's very possible. We've seen it happen before to where a coach is like, yeah, I'm resting all my guys. And they're like, wait, what? Bro, you're the third seed. You you need to be playing your players. You could jump up to two. Nope, we're resting. Don't worry about it. We're good. I'm just saying. The things could work out in a certain way. I mean, you know, the Lions are, are – the Lions going the rest of the season – I was, I think I'm pretty sure they're gonna lose out here, and and that's okay, that's all right. But with that being said, I I don't want to see them get cute and win three games just to win them. Like, come on, bro, because we got some very winnable games here. We got the Falcons and the Seahawks next. Those Listen, are very winnable terrible. games. Listen, Both please, very winnable games. Please, Dad, I know, I get it. You want to show everybody you're a good coach. Now is not the time. Now is not the time. Now on to my Cliff's Kingsbury slander. All right. Cliff. Cliff, Cliff, Cliff. You proved me and Gibbs like we were just gurus. Like like we we, we sleep at your house and we know what you think. That That's pretty much what Cliff proved. <laughs> we eat at the same table as Cliff. Because we told y'all, just wait. Because I wasn't a believer of years at first. Then I did my research on his college career. And Jesus... Every time he has to win, it seems like he forget. Like, for example, why did he go for it on so many fourth downs when they could have kicked the field goal? It was three. They only got one converted when they could have kicked the field goal. And then they got the ball back at the end of the game. It's a winnable game at that point. You kick those field goals, that's six points. That's a touchdown. Yeah. Cliff. It's the Lions, baby. You don't trust your defense against Jared Goff? That <laughs> made Jared Goff look like Tom Brady yesterday. If I, don't trust, if I don't trust my defense against Jared Goff, I might need to clean house. I might need to, Hey, listen. We'll take all the cap hits. All y'all got to go. Everybody. Got to go, got to <laughs> go, got to go right Cliff, now. Cliff, you're, you're in a position to 
clinch the playoffs. You're 0 and 4 when you're in a position to clinch the playoffs. 0 and 4 audience. And he has the best team on paper in the league. I used to think it was the Rams, but when you look at that team, yes, I know DeAndre Hopkins wasn't out there. It doesn't matter. It's the Lions. Top to bottom, the the Cardinals are definitely one of the best teams in the and one you of the best clinch rosters. the playoff game against the Lions. So I hope you win next week because if you go zero and five in playoff clinching games, I don't think give might lose his religion <laughs> on the next show. Gibbs might lose his religion on the next show because I hey, listen, you, I wasn't a believer until I I, I saw it firsthand. I, I'll tell you what, if they lose to the Colts next week, guess who they got the week after that. Them Dallas Cowboys. How about them boys? How about hey listen? If they don't if they lose to the Colts, and the Colts showed me something when they beat the Pats, because the Pats was the hottest team on, in the league. Mm-hmm. And the Colts put a hurting on them. Mm-hmm. So that's not an easy win, especially with JT in the backfield. Because y'all couldn't stop the Lions third and fourth stream running back. Now you gotta go against JT. Y'all better pray Omnicron or whatever Josh said. Go bite him in the butt. Y'all better, y'all wait, better hold. wait a minute. I don't I don't think they understand. The Lions running back that was tearing them up wasn't even signed to the 53-man roster. So, basically, they went to the local Yikes. college and said, you want to run? <laughs> they just signed, bro. He was literally only activated due to the special circumstances surrounding COVID. In the regular season, that young man would not have been eligible to play. Yo, the Cardinals got cooked by – I didn't even know his name. Cardinals got cooked by a man whose first name is Craig. <laughs> <laughs> hey, hey, listen, listen. Shout out to all the Craigs in the world. Don't turn it for facts over acts if you're watching, if you're listening. All right? That's all, all I'm saying is, all I'm saying is, if you lost your lady, which one hurt more? If you lost your lady or you found it was to a dude named Craig? You know, honestly, I'm all right. I'm all right if Craig got some bread. But one name that <laughs> one name that if my if my shorty get taken by a man with this name, I'm you might hear I y'all gotta write good things about me on my headstone and have somebody nice eulogize me. If a man named Gus takes my old lady if, <laughs> if a dude named Gus does it, you know, and, and listen, I'm a Ravens I'm a Ravens uh Ravens are my team in the AFC. There's they Gus Edwards is great and all. But if if a guy named Gus takes my old lady, bro, I just I, I'm I'm really gotta have some conversations with myself. I gotta look in the mirror. Am I the Cliff Kingsbury of keeping a woman happy? Is that me? Is that who I am? <laughs> Not am I the Cliff Kingsbury? Oh. That, you gotta ask those questions. If Chris, if a guy named Gus took your shorty, you wouldn't be asking yourself that. Come on now, yeah, come because like, it's so many. You could think of so many nicknames, but that's derogatory towards Gus like that, like. Gus Bus. Like, you know what I mean? It's, it's, it's quick. It's quick. You know, you ain't got to think. You ain't got to think, bro. Musty Gus. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's a lot. It's a lot. Dirty Gus. You know what I mean? Uh, Mud Butt Gus. <laughs> you got so much. Yeah, like, we not even thinking right now. You know, you just already What slamming. a terrible name. What a terrible yeah. name. Again, sure. sorry Gus is out there. We we love y'all. If y'all love facts, so facts, we love you even if you don't. Anywho, it's, it's a tough time. It's a tough time. So... With that being said, the Cardinals are still well in the hunt for not only the playoffs, but the number one seed in the NFC. Now, let's break down who's in, who's out, if the playoffs start today. Right now in the AFC, the Chiefs are the number one seed at 10-4. and four. Behind them, the Patriots are the two seed at 9-5. and five. Titans, three seed, 9-5. and five. Bengals, four seed, 8-6. and six. Colts, five seed, 8-6. and six. 
Chargers, six seed, eight and six. Bills, seven seed, eight and six. On the outside looking in are the Ravens, who are also eight and six. The Steelers are right behind them at seven, six, and one. And behind them are the Raiders, Dolphins, and Browns in that order, all seven and seven. When we go over to the NFC, you have the Packers at number one at 11 and three. Cowboys, Bucks, Cardinals, second, third, fourth in that order, all 10 and four. You've got the Rams who are nine and four. I'm not sure what the Rams, uh, what the result of the Rams game today was. Uh, but uh, they're up 17 to 10 on the uh, Seahawks at the time of this being recorded. So there's that. Uh, other than that, you have the 49ers with the six seed at eight and six, and the Vikings with the seven seed at seven and seven. Outside looking in, you got the Washington football team and the Eagles at six and seven. You have the Falcons at six and eight as the uh, third looking in. You have the Seahawks at five and eight and Panthers at five and nine. And technically, the Giants are not eliminated at four and ten. So, always great to be in the NFC least. Now, <laughs> with that being said, do you think that the Chiefs and the Packers hold these first seeds? Uh, the Chiefs and the Packers do hold the uh, first seeds in each one. The only team I could see possibly, I mean, if you look at the three teams that's behind the Packers, you got the Cowboys, which, you know, after all this time, it's just kind of hard to have faith in the Cowboys. And you got the Bucks, who just got shut out. So their momentum isn't shifted in the right direction. That's not a good sign of things. And you got the Cardinals, who we just did a 15-minute segment about. So the Packers uh, are locking down the NFC. And if you look over at the AFC, you got the Chiefs. And uh, the only challenge that really is is the uh, Pats, which, you know, kudos to Bill Belichick for getting that team in order. But that team just doesn't have the weapons for me to see them as a first seed with the games they got remaining. I feel that. I feel that. Chris, do the one seeds hold? What you thinking? Yeah, I mean, I, I, the the Ravens almost pulled a fast one on the Packers, but I think Aaron Rodgers is not going to let his guard down again like that. I think he got too comfortable with that 17-point lead. By the way, all those betters out there, the, the Packers minus seven, I feel your pain. I feel your pain. Up 17 <laughs> points with eight minutes left. It's no way they sell that with Aaron Rodgers, right? But anyway, um, yeah, I think the Packers and the Chiefs, uh, we worry about the Chiefs, Early in the season, but this is the Chiefs that we knew was going, that they were capable of. Uh, right. They back to fully healthy. Um, Mahomes is the only quarterback. Him and Rodgers are the only two quarterbacks right now that realize my one and two guys that should get. If I got thirty five pass attempts, then they should get twenty four. Kelsey and he are mm-hmm. getting those twenty four. Rodgers, uh, Adams, and help me out, Gibbs. Adams and I'm looking up. Can't think of his name. Uh, Marquez Valdez-Scantling? Yep, 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 yep. Adams and him should be getting my 24. Those are the only two quarterbacks right now in the league that I could see are... And I guess Stafford with Cooper Cup and um, Jefferson. <clears throat> they both getting a lot of the pass attempts, especially Cooper Cup. He's been carrying me in fantasy all year. But um, those are the two two teams that I think really mastered uh, maintaining the ball on the field on offense or the defense. Uh, the defense doesn't come out there and get momentum. Um, got two of the best throws of the football we've ever seen. I don't. I don't see a world, especially their divisions they're in. I don't see a world where they really lose any more games. You know what I don't understand about why people are still doubting the Chiefs because there was a point in time where everybody was like, "Uh oh, wait, what's going on with the Chiefs?" Right. Right. The Chiefs are winning because of their defense. 
The down part of the team is said to be Patrick Mahomes this year. Let me explain something to you about Patrick Mahomes. The only thing, the only metric by which you could say, ah, he's been pretty bad this year, is just by turnovers. He is uh, tied for fourth in the league with 13 interceptions. Literally every other passing stat, this man is in the top six at lowest. Passing yards, he is, I want to say, number four. Yeah, passing yards, he's number four. Um, completion percentage, he is, I want to say he's like, he, of all the starting quarterbacks or of all the guys in the top 10 of passing yards, he is number six, looks like. Yeah, he's number six as far as that goes. Um, actual passer rating, still one of the highest guys in the league with that as well. I, this is, this should have concerned people. When folks saw the Chiefs' defense playing well, we all should have knew um, the league is in trouble. <laughs> uh, this is not good for anybody because that was the only thing that was the equalizer that was giving teams a chance to beat the Chiefs. Y'all remember when they started the year off, they were so bad that they were worse than the Lions defensively? Yep. Boy, what a time that was. That Boy, what a, a time. <laughs> and then all of a sudden, Chris Jones said, all right, let me start playing football again. I've been... Being out here, being a little too cute. And now the the Chiefs are, they're putting folks in the blender and it's, it's looking real bad. Like you said, the division that they're in definitely helps me believe that they're going to uh, hold this number one seat. Now, as far as the Packers go, I don't know. I don't know if the Packers hold on to it. I'm not sure. I'm not. No. Let me tell you why. Let me tell you why. I know that I said that the Cowboys weren't going to win until a certain person uh, within their organization, possibly the owner, possibly not, uh, goes to see Jesus. I know I said that. <laughs> and if we're talk, if we're talking Super Bowl, that's a little different of a story. But number one seed, I could see it happening. I could see it happening only because, only because they are more set up to win in December and January than the Packers are. The Packers are True. extremely reliant on the passing game. And statistics show, as the temperature drops, so do passer ratings. Uh, Aaron Jones is back healthy now, though. So I will Aaron say Jones and A.J. Dillon are a really good two-headed monster. I don't think that they're as good as Zeke and Pollard. I don't think that they're as good. I think that it's, it's close. close. It's close. I, that's what I'm saying. It's, it's close. close. But I'd have to give a slight edge to them. And when you look at what they have coming out for the rest of their schedule... I'm seeing this as a situation where I'm like, the Packers still have the Lions, so I feel like that's a congratulations, Packers. You got to win there. <laughs> and they got the Browns and the Vikings. Those are two desperate teams. Those are two teams that are like, I need this. We cannot, we can't afford to lose this game and be like, oh, it's cool. It's, it's all right. Well, uh, the Cowboys say though, Gibbs, to add to the Packers rushing game, they have been putting Adams into a screen formation. Where he's actually um, getting a lot of, a lot of, you know, free space in the backfield to run as a running back a little bit too. So they have. I'm to not. Lock that I'm up. not disagreeing. I'm not. All I'm saying is, the Cowboys are playing more teams who like. I mean, what do you really have to gain? Right. Like, this? like the Cowboys coming down the stretch, they got the Washington Football Team, Cardinals, uh, Eagles. The the Cardinals are the only team that has something to play for. Only one. The Cardinals. That's it. Washington, eh, not really. Let's be honest with ourselves. And the Eagles, I mean, that'll be the last week of the season. 
Will the Eagles have anything to play for by that time? Will they? Will they really? And everybody loves to say play a spoiler means so much to players in the NFL. Sure it does. But I think the one seed means a little bit more, especially when you're the better team. Like, that's the reality. And also, when the Cowboys and the Eagles met earlier this year, the Cowboys won by 20. So, there's that. Um, so, yeah, I, I think that the, the Packers need to be looking over their shoulder a little bit. They need to be on the lookout because, they, like I said, they got two desperate teams and then, of course, the Lions to end the season out. So, you know, that's, that's a little bit of drama there. But with that being said, do, who do y'all think of these bubble teams? Do y'all think make it in? And who do y'all think at the bottom of the uh, current standings get put out the playoffs? Uh, in the AFC, there's no change. I got the season ending the way it is right now. I know it's going to really? be kind of weird going into the playoffs, not seeing the Ravens. But the, I think that the nail in the Ravens' coffin this weekend is going to be them playing the Bengals. And I don't think that, that Lamar Jackson plays. Mm. Mm. Well, you know, there have been a lot of pundits saying that Tyler Huntley is basically the same as Lamar. They're the same player. So. <laughs> I mean, don't get me wrong. Tyler Huntley has been playing well. But at the same time, when you're looking at somebody who's a former MVP, who's arguably top three, four quarterbacks in the NFL, it's kind of hard to just be like, hey, we're going to go and be the division rival this weekend without our guy. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I, I just don't understand why people are, are saying, and Charles Woodson was one of the people to say it too, which I tell people all the time. A lot of folks say, oh, these journalists haven't played the game. Some of the people who have played the game have some of the worst takes I've ever heard in my life <laughs> i mean if you looking at it if you looking at it like that um is i think it's just lamar not being able to shake this stigma that he should have been a slot receiver three four years I'm, ago whenever that was i hear you i hear you uh huntley is in his second year in the nfl right yep. lamar was in his second year in the nfl when he won mvp there is no metric by which you can find that huntley beats out lamar from his second season, other than uh, completion percentage, which, by the way, he's beaten him in that by 4%. However, three other category: touchdown interception ratio, rushing yards, yards per attempt, uh, literally everything. And there is nothing else that you could say, oh, yeah, he's he just done that better than Lamar did. So, um, <laughs> yeah, put the drugs down, people. Put the drugs down, okay? It's not good for you. It's rotting your brain. But I don't I I think that the Chargers get in because of how weak their schedule is coming down the pipe because they got they got Texans, Broncos, Raiders. That's that's how their season's gonna end. I think they'll be all right. The team that I'm worried about to end this season, as far as the AFC goes, I'm not sure. And I'm I don't believe in the Bengals. I gotta say it. I gotta say, I, I don't believe in the Bengals. the Bengals and the Bills. The Bills has always been fake good. For me, I, I don't believe I, in I the Bengals you. either, but I, I just feel like with with who they got to go against for the remainder of the season, they just gonna be one of those teams that slide that slip in there. I, I understand the the Bills. The only reason I still got them in, I think they'll lose to the Patriots this Sunday, but they got the Falcons and the Jets after that. Those are two teams that gain nothing by making that game competitive. They gain nothing. They like, <laughs> trust me, that is not what they want. That is just not uh, what they want to see out of those situations. And as much as people lie and say, oh, there's no tanking in the NFL. Yeah, sure. Sure there isn't. Um, the Bengals, on the other hand, they got the Ravens, the Chiefs, and the Browns. 
that is a team to me. Mm. If Lamar is healthy and he comes back, mm, I don't know. I don't know. I, I think they'll be all right. I think they can find a way. I think they can find a way because the Ravens are looking at the Rams and the Steelers to finish the season off after the Bengals. That Steelers game going to mean a lot, though. If the Bengals it is. do sell, if the Bengals do sell, the Steelers could possibly get in. It, it is, but also, I mean, it's the Steelers. I'm sorry. And this year, we kind of got to be honest about your Steelers, Chris. We got to be honest about I, it. I have don't, a don't break that man's heart. I'll be honest. I'll be, I, I got a Steelers shirt on right now. I'm being honest. I'm just saying, if the Ravens don't get their act together and the Bengals sell like you say they do, the Steelers could sneak in there, man. They could. They could. But I, I don't have faith in the team that, like, Y'all have your star receiver out there celebrating like he just scored a touchdown when it's about 15 seconds left on the clock. <laughs> um, I mean, he's young. It's learning. It's learning development. Hey, listen. I'll tell you this. Mike Tomlin is a patron saint for dealing with all those receivers, boy. From Antonio Brown to Juju to what Claypool did, I'll I be to cut somebody. I be, hey, listen. It was fun. You got to go. I don't care if we don't trade you for nothing. You, you got to go. You got to get up out of my locker room. That's just the reality of what we're You would trade Claypool for that? No, 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 no. I'm saying between the shenanigans of all three of them, I would have at least got rid of one of them way earlier than uh, than Mike Tomlin has. He is, he's been dealing with them phenomenally. I would have been, That's hey. why I think he's such a good coach, though. He did with what he got, man. Nobody oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Free agency most time, except Juju. Let, so. let me tell you something. I think all three of us could throw a ball further than Ben Roethlisberger right now. I think all three of us <laughs> could do that. And I know all three of us are more mobile than Ben. I know that. There's there's not okay. a doubt in my mind. All three of us more mobile than Ben. Not even a question. Right. We was so, on Ben Slander. I thought you said I bet all three of us could also. I thought we was going somewhere entirely. Whoa, 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 big dog, big dog, big dog, big dog. Facts over acts, believes in consent, big fella. That is that is not the goal. Whoa, whoa, facts over whoa, acts. whoa, whoa. This, this soul just went left. Hey, I'm, I'm glad me and Gibbs on the same page. That's no, it, it, it went I, to I, some I crazy was, stages. I didn't think he was really going to say it. I didn't think he was really going to say it. I didn't say nothing. I just said that we all believe in consent. That's all I said. That's all that, I see. That's a factual statement. I would feel like that's a factual statement here. So, with that being said, I know y'all tired of us talking about Cliff Kingsbury losing. And and uh, the Lions finally getting something that they probably shouldn't in the win. And Ben Roethlisberger, never mind. We're not going to go there with the Ben Roethlisberger thing anymore. But come on back next week and a week after that and a week after that. Peace and love, y'all. I know you had enough. I know you had enough.